Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head. 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life, mm -hmm. and you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are, some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hey, good evening and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, Dwayne England, and to my media right, of course, none other than Tommy Donlan. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man. You know, usually I say I'm doing great, uh, yeah. and then I give you a weight report, but I've been trying to get over the sinus infection. You know, I got a cold thanks to Junior. Oh, yeah. He always brings something home from daycare, right? It's either yeah. it's either a finger painting or yeah. it's some sort of, you know, virus. Yeah, finger um, painting or a virus. So this time yeah. it was a virus, but, you know, thanks to thanks to Mama Shing for taking care of me. I got my tea here. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to make through it. We'll you know, get make through it. Through and shut my mic off if I need to cough. Okay, but yeah. I'm doing doing all right. And by the way, I'm down 62 pounds. So. Oh, 62. Yeah, 62 is a small number. I thought you yeah. last week was 52. Uh, I think it was 55, I think. Okay. Something like uh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've... Uh... You've been pretty consistent. I'm not the man that I used to be. No, you are not. Yeah. No, but you're far better off uh, in doing so. So, well, we'll uh, we'll get through it, hacking or not. We're going to get through this evening. Lots of great information to get through once again as Tommy and I work hard to bring that to you live each and every week here Thursday night at 6 p.m. We are from the studio here located in Olympia, Washington on the amazing shores of Summit Lake. It is amazing. Honest. Yes, it is. So, mm -hmm. uh, happy to bring it. Yes, Andy, no vest tonight. I did that just for you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was waiting. I was waiting for that to be chimed in. I knew it would be uh, early and often, knowing you as well as I do. Um, we uh, we got a lot to tackle here tonight, folks. We've been out on the water this last week. Hopefully, you have been as well. We got some reports to cover. We got some uh, great guests lined up. But before we get there, I want to remind everybody: Hey, take a uh, take a little time and jump over to our webpage www.fishhuntnw.com. Uh, we have a lot of new items loaded up in the shore, the store, the online store. Uh, Shing has been working days on days. She has been. Yeah, getting it all Very up solid. and going so it just is easy for you to locate, easy for you to navigate through, find the items that you uh, are looking for, and we appreciate your support. Lots of our uh, items, logo items and wares are out there in <laughs> circulation they, they are oh my gosh yeah yeah it's am, it's amazing just scrolling through the news feed seeing you know one after the other uh -huh. after the other yeah yep yep, yep. random uh, random folks out there just doing the thing you're passionate about as are we and wearing our swag we appreciate that appreciate the support so take a few minutes uh, invite your friends here tonight let's blow this thing up interactive on the text as we always are try to be at least as much as we can and uh we'll get through the content this evening want to thank everybody for stopping by and we got a great show lined up. So, hey, speaking of swag, before we get into the show, yeah, the swag. Um, did you mention the tuna hats were available? Did we talk the tuna hats? Did I even last week? say that last week. Yeah, like the one you're wearing there. Right, like this one, and then you got a couple on your desk. Yeah, right I do, there in front of me. Yeah, the new lineup of tuna swag, the hats, the shirts, of course, the hoodies. You yeah. actually wore the the bloody tuna camel, uh, white camel hoodie I did. tonight. I did. Yeah. And you got that uh, you got that breathable wear on. Yes. With the hat. It's a, it's a little nipply in here. <laughs> that is gonna be uh, your that's gonna be your summer wear there, I can it see. Is. Right? Oh yeah, totally. All the tuna stuff. Totally. In yeah. your likeness on your back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want that, right? So yeah, lots of really good uh, items in our tuna lineup is second to none. Those logos, yeah. Don knocked them out. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great yeah. job. Really good. So 
Uh, good evening. Nice being able to fish later with daylight savings. Dawn, absolutely. Uh, good evening, boys. Jeremy, yep. Mike Ainsworth, uh, cheers to you as well, my friend. Hope to see you out on the water soon. I think Ainsworth lives in Mexico now. I just like every time I look at his page, he's catching, you know, Spanish mackerel, a Dorado, a rooster he's, fish. It's uh, like, yeah. I don't even think he's an American citizen anymore. I don't even think he owns anything but a fly rod. Yeah, I think, I think he, you're I, right. I think he actually uh, turned in all his, his gear other than fly, yeah. fly rods. And, uh, yeah, you're right. He's living out of nation, yeah. right? So uh, at least he keeps us <clears throat> with, uh, with something to uh, dream about. <laughs> Tuna hats of the new vest. Andy really has a thing about our, our FHN vest. Oh, yes, he does. I, I actually Only like when it. you wear it. Well, you know, yeah. it's just not many can pull it off. So yeah. uh, it's like a visor. Yeah. You're either in or you're out, right? You are a visor man. <laughs> yeah, I like saying cool. I yeah. I yeah, I do like visors in the summer for sure. Uh, all right, getting to it. We got lots of great info. A couple things that are relevant here coming up shortly. Tommy, we got a deadline um, on your application permit submittal for multi-season. Yeah. Now, I put that in quite some time ago, but March 31st is the cutoff date. If you plan to put in for your multi-season deer or elk, uh, better get on the stick here. You got till March 31st, and there's a good reason to do that. You know, I think we were talking before the show, uh, Barnum and I counted up one time, and it varies a little depending on year, but we're in and around 100, 123 days of opportunity to hunt deer if you have that multi-season. Deer. Right, between the east side and the west side. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, and within, yeah. you know, different weapon choices. And, of course, through, if you're an archer, through that entire time frame, you can hunt archery the whole well, time. Well, and you can, you can learn, too, right? You can, you can learn, learn the habitat, the animals, where yes. they are, why yeah. they're there. Yeah. You know, figure out where they're going to be if you're actually having a... You know, if you've got a, a transitory animal that's moving from one area to another. So yeah. you really get to learn the animal more by yep. doing that multi-season hunt. You do. It's uh, yeah. You're scouting at some points of your season. You're hunting in others. Right? right. So and it's just uh, time in the woods equals hopefully success. The more, mm-hmm. more you invest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I said invest. The more you invest, <laughs> uh, the more opportunity you're going to present to yourself and the more dialed you can uh, tend to be. So... I always put in for the multi-season. Some yeah, years I do you too. get it, some years you don't. Yeah, the elk is harder to get. I think it's about, oh, what is it, five or six points about mm-hmm. now in order to draw close. the elk multi-season. Yeah. But the yep. deer multi-season, there's usually, even if you don't draw it, there's usually always leftover tags that will go on sale somewhere. You know, it's typically in that June to August time frame. You just have to pay attention and know when it goes on sale. Yeah. Most people that, that not most people, but some people that draw that deer multi-season, they end up going, oh, I'm just going to stick with rifle i'm going to stick with muzzleloader and they, they never end up buying the actual permit so which available. Is, i think it's about 140 130 something yeah. like that um for the multi-season but with all the opportunity i mean i think it's a good it's, it's a good it. deal for for washington how especially. much are you paying for beef at the store right now oh yeah i mean right? it's not even comparable I right mean, <laughs> it's absurd so yeah. yeah you know people can say hunting's expensive but it gets to a point i'll stack it up my deer last year you know three minutes down the road here on public land yep you know, yeah. so it it there it kind of it checks and balances. Eventually, it kind of weighs out. I mean, let's face it, we spend a lot more money on the things we're passionate about and don't really care. Well, and there's something that there's something to be said about going out in your backyard. You know, and I know, you know, Washington is not a Montana. Yeah, it's not a Wyoming. It's not an Idaho. I totally get that, right? But it's something something to be said that you can go out in your backyard, um, you know, in your home state, and not pay these absurd non-resident tag prices and and they are absurd i they mean are. if you want to hunt um a deer elk combo in in montana it's, it's over a thousand dollars right expensive. um so i think for a lot of people it's a really good opportunity to to go with the multi-season and then you know on top of the multi-season right and that ends march 31st that so ends they, march 31st they do the multi-season first and then you have until may 19th to do all of your other special permits, right? right. So if you want, um, you know, quality buck, mm-hmm. um, you know, or just buck, or you want quality bull or bull, or you want moose, antlerless moose, second deer, second deer, um, you know, any of those other categories, mm-hmm. um, all those other special permit tags you have until May nineteenth. Yeah. And just remember, you can you can buy them now, um, but. You have to, don't forget, like with those special hunts, if you decide to put in, if you haven't been putting in, you know you have to go back in and declare, you know, which area that you want to harvest that second deer, right? right? Or where you want to go for the quality buck. Mm -hmm. And this is where it gets super technical. And you can spend hours and hours and hours analyzing the data to try to figure out, well, 
you know, where is the best place to go quality buck? Well, the best place is well known, right? So it may take you 20 plus years to draw <laughs> yes. it if you're looking yeah. for a rifle tag. Um, so you kind of have to weigh out your options. Do you want a, a hunt that you can draw within five years, 10 years? How long do you want to wait? And what kind of buck do you want to go after? And what kind of time do you have to scout that area before the season? Because let's face it, in a lot of the bull and, and buck tags, um, you're going to spend time in the field well in advance of that season to make sure you know where a buck or a bull of quality is. There's that, or if you're just if you're just looking to harvest extra meat. Yeah, I mean, you put in for extra buck, antlerless deer. You're you know, and you actually are just going to put into a, a, an area you hunt regularly, and you, it's well known already. I mean, yeah, just like I'm just looking to get that extra. I want that extra pile yeah. of meat in my freezer. That's all I'm you want. It, yeah, and then that's. Um, you know, and that's a great way to get kids involved, too. Yep. Um, the kids have their own draw system. Um, they have a great opportunity as well. And, um, you know, getting them on an antlerless, you know, like a, um, a doe mm-hmm. is, is a great way to go. And, um, you know, there's a lot of meat on some of the mule deer does that they have up in, up in eastern Washington. So it's a great way to get the kids involved. The weather's usually pretty nice. Yep. Um, you don't have to put in a lot of work. And there's not, it doesn't require a lot of points to go and draw one of those tags. So, yeah, good point. So it's a great option, good opportunity. Yeah, lengthens your season, get the kids out exposed to more opportunity. And again, you got the opportunity to put more meat in your freezer. And with the way the economy is going right now, this year especially, uh, especially if you're going to stay local and hunt here in Washington, Putting in for those applications six dollars, and then if you you know get that, and then you can mm-hmm. dial it down to the area you want to go hunt. I mean, when it all comes together, it's all said and done. You put a couple animals in your freezer; it's a pretty darn successful hunting season. Absolutely, well worth Absolutely. it. So if you haven't really done a whole lot of that, go to WDFW, and um, you can you can poke around on there. There's uh, if you go to fishhunt.dfw.wa.gov, okay, fish hunt dot dfw.wa.gov um there's basically all the information right there and there's some videos they've put up tommy Mm -hmm. that they actually walk you right through the process uh educate you on the difference between putting in for multi-season versus uh special hunt permits and what that all means so Mm -hmm. if it's first time for you they're just trying to make it even easier for people to navigate through the website navigate and understand what the rules of engagement are yeah they've done a pretty good job in that regard and i do want to say when you do and you you know when you go and you do pick your special hunts you want to make sure that you're mindful of not just looking at the data Mm -hmm. um wfw publishes the success results um how many days the hunters were in field for your average harvest um you know of the bulls that were harvested how many points same same thing with bucks yep you got to look at the data because you got to you got to know how much private property is in that zone Mm -hmm. and if it's all private then you you better know that you can get access to private before you go and put in for that hunt. Because if you draw that hunt, and then you're like, well, shoot, there's no public land to hunt. <laughs> now you're going door to door and trying to say, hey, you know, would you please let me hunt this yep. tag yep. Um, that I waited ten years to get? Yeah, and you might have just burned it. So yeah, uh, it's solid advice right there. Um, additionally, as we uh, get towards the end of the month here, our fishing licenses expire. Starting April 1, you need to have your new fishing license. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago. A little follow-up on that. You know, once in a while, tell me we get questions like, what do you think? Should I just get a regular freshwater? And then, you know, I fish the saltwater a couple times a year. So then I go buy my saltwater. Then, oh, the wife wants to go crabbing. Then I go get my crabbing. Yeah. It's like, well, if you get on there and read through what is offered. So the fishing license, the, the uh, Fish Washington, okay, is one that a lot of people are drawn to now, it's uh, $66.55. But you're going to get, I'm going to read the list here, Tommy, just so we don't leave anything out. It includes annual freshwater, your annual saltwater, your annual shellfish and seaweed licenses. Also includes your razor clam. Also includes Puget Sound Dungeness crabs, so you don't have to buy that separately. Mm -hmm. And your two-rod endorsement. So if you're one that fishes freshwater and saltwater, and you, you want to take advantage of some of these clam opportunities coming up first time, and you're going to partake a couple of days of crabbing, mm-hmm. and you get into areas where you can fish two-rod endorsement, which is pretty much all your lakes, area 13 on Puget Sound, there's a lot of good reasons for a two-rod endorsement. Uh, you'll use it more than you think you would, especially if you're out fishing by yourself. You're like, man, I wish I could put two lines out. Well, yeah. if you get this, you can. If you buy all those separately, you're going to spend an extra $20, $25 collectively if you buy the Fish Washington, it includes all those items with you and your retention card for like salmon and steelhead. 
the halibut retention card, you still got to buy separately. Sturgeon retention card, you got to buy separately. But the, the halibut's the big one. You're going to get four uh, halibut on that card. It's a separate purchase. But other than that, your fish Washington and uh, your retention is all included in that one. It's a really good way to get all of that together and not just piecemeal yeah. it through the year because you're going to end up spending way more money it's a better opportunity just to mm -hmm. buy it all at the same time. And one halibut would more than pay for the cost of that license. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. Yes, absolutely it would. Yeah. Yep. Now, if you hunt, um, and you do a lot of yep. hunting, right? So there's also the, um, the get outdoor package. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is like your hunting and fishing combo. This is what I get. This is what you get. Um, and so this one's $229.68. And here's what it includes. I'm going to read it. Yep. Uh, freshwater, saltwater, shellfish, seaweed, two pole endorsement, mm -hmm. Pigeon Sound Dungeness Crab endorsement. And then just remember, you don't need a, if you're, if you're, you know, crabbing on the coast, you don't need a catch record card. Right. So you go to the Columbia, you go to Westport, wherever you're crabbing offshore um, or off the coast, you, you don't need to mark them on your card. Don't forget that. Um, and then you also get the full big, big game suite. So you get deer, elk, bear, cougar. You also get your small game license, your yep. migratory bird permit, yep. uh, migratory bird hunt authorization, and then to top it all off, um, you get two turkey tags, which, you know, I got those, and I didn't think that I was going to fill those at all. Boom. I filled both of them. Yes, you did. Um, last year. So, and then, you know, just remember as you go in and you put in for your hunts, state of Washington, you have to select your weapon choice. Yeah. Um, for, for deer and elk, right? So you have to declare, um, you know, bow. Uh, archery, muzzleloader, or you have to declare modern rifle. Um, but you don't have to do that until you get to, you know, the season that you want to hunt. So yeah. you can think about it. You do have <laughs> some time to think about it. Um, now, I will say, in order put it, to put in for the special permits that we talked about just a second ago, um, you know, for those elk permits, you got to declare um, west side, east side, yeah. right? So you kind of do get stuck um, into one zone or another for those special mm -hmm. permits. So you better make sure that um, you know, you're, you're in it and you're, you're committed. Yeah. Again, doing your research to figure out exactly where you plan to hunt, put in for that unit, make sure you, uh, to your credit that, you know, you do have access. I mean, those are all important things. If it's the first time you're kind of navigating around and trying to put in for some of these special hunts and whatnot, and you get drawn, uh, get with a buddy or, you know, mm. somebody that has history in, in navigating this and how to align yourself in a, in an area that's going to give you access at the starting point for, uh, you know, ho hopefully a, a good outcome. And, yeah, uh, Tom, I thought we had mentioned, yeah, the halibut uh, retention card or your tagging on that is separate. That's the one that's not included with your fish Washington. So other than that, your uh, your fresh and salt water uh, retention is all included in that. So mm -hmm. I've been doing the, uh, the fish Washington for years. Um, <coughs> perhaps if I start, you know, putting more time into hunting uh, bear and, and some other uh, critters, I may go for the uh, get outdoor, but... I typically, I'm buying the fish Washington, then I get my waterfowl, and uh, the last couple of years it's been turkey on top of that. So um, it, it, it gets it done for me, and I am saving some money. I mean, things are expensive, Tommy, and if they can bundle, bundle these together and you can purchase it you know, one stop, you get all your licenses and you're good to go. So Yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't hunt bear in Washington, but I no. think, um, you know, and we're going to get into it tonight. You're going to run down the show. We're going to talk through the <laughs> yes, recent commission are. vote. But uh -huh. I, I think I'm going to hunt bear just because this year in that fall hunt. Um, and put effort into it and then sent, hopefully send pictures to the commissioners. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a great idea. Speaking of which, yes, running down the show, we got a good one lined up for you guys and appreciate everybody tuning in. Go ahead and send this out to all your friends. Let's uh, load this thing up with lots of folks because we got some great guests lined up. We're going to start off the show after the break here. Bill Monroe, Bill Monroe Jr. of Bill Monroe Outdoors. Spring Chinook has been open since March 1st, but now, Tommy, it's actually go time. There's Obviously, a few more springers getting posted up on social media as of late. Uh, is it truly go time? Bill's going to get us dialed, and uh, you'll take away some great information from him, as always. Then, the hot topic of the week, the hot topic tonight, Brian Lynn, Vice President of Marketing and Communications with Sportsmen's Alliance. No stranger to the show, Thomas. Uh, once again, the recently, as we referred to, restructured Washington State Fish and Wildlife Commission voted no, Tommy, on our uh, spring bear hunt. Uh, mm -hmm. What does this mean, actually, and what might our future in Washington State look like for fishing and hunting? This is going to be a very good conversation. It is. And I think some folks are going to get a little bit worked up on that one. Uh, then we'll uh, come back from that break. Uh, Tommy, you and I are going to have an uh, in-studio here discussion 
reports and opportunities, you know, there's a lot of options that are coming up. What you need to know, we're going to help you stay on top of it. Everybody wants that calendar we keep talking about. We may mm-hmm. have to produce oh, that. Oh, yes, point, we need right? to produce that. Uh, and then we'll close out the show. We do have some salmon by the numbers. Um, can it really look as good as they're saying it is going to be? Do we have some opportunity yeah. going into this year? And some numbers in comparison to last year's numbers might kind of uh, blow your lid. So uh, things to look at, lots of discussion, and lots of good content yeah, tonight. And before we jump out, uh, Tommy Wynn on, on YouTube had a good point. Um, halibut Extra is extra. So he's talking about the catch record card yep. for halibut is actually not included in any of these packages. So you do, you do have to purchase that separately. Um, and the reason that that is purchased separately is so that they can track how many people are fishing for halibut. And that, that has, uh, as much as I hated the catch record card, that has helped give us um, the opportunity that we have today. So Yeah, yeah, good point. All right, with that, we are going to jump out for a quick break. We come back, we're going to have Bill Monroe, Bill Monroe Jr. of Bill Monroe Outdoors. And we're going to talk some springers, Tommy, and uh, try mm-hmm. to get you folks dialed in. Hopefully get out there before April 6th, the closure, and find some success. Don't go anywhere. Call up your friends. Get them to join us. Great discussions coming up tonight. Right after this break, right here, Fish on Northwest. Sportco, an outdoor emporium, is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today the outdoors awaits you. It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Hey, welcome back to Fish on Northwest. Waiting on Tommy Donlin here in studio. And our first guest tonight, again, no stranger to the no. show. He's actually been here in studio. Yep, very technical okay. individual. Very technical yes, individual. I like other it. than Bill Monroe Jr., Bill Monroe Outdoors, www.billmonroeoutdoors.com. Check him out. If you haven't booked a trip with this man, you're missing out. Uh, how you doing tonight there, Junior? Good morning, boys. I am Good doing darn fine. You know... Yeah, it's sunny today. I, isn't that I something? Mean, yes, it is. And that puts you in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. getting that vitamin D. In a great mood because yes. uh, there's there's Chinook in them their waters. There mm. are, and there seems to be a few more creeping in each day. So let's get right to it. The information people want to hear. Um, hey, one thing I want to want to start off with is you know those particular areas that we're targeting these spring Chinook uh, this time of year in the in the Columbia. You know, uh, tidal influence. A lot of folks aren't aware of that. Many who do the fishery each and every year are. But, you know, we always try to encourage, you know, recruitment's a big thing. I want to see as many people jumping down there trying to put a fish in their box as as we can see. So let's talk a little bit about, especially for the new folks, if they're not aware of the tidal influence. Now, Historically, it seems a lot of folks like to get on anchor on that outgo and they'll they'll do the troll fishery on the incoming tide. Break it down for us. What does Bill Monroe do on either outgo or incoming tide or doesn't matter? Yeah, so that's kind of a big thing. You know, in the spring, there's a pretty good chance that on an incoming tide and you're trolling a herring behind a flasher that that you're gonna you're gonna catch a spring chinook. Now, a lot of guys in the outgoing tide because you know the tides are a big deal especially if you're in the lower columbia mm-hmm. um you're going to sit on anchor and you're going to throw up any type of plug a quick fish a flat fish a mag lip all of it it, it all works yeah and that's and, and then you could probably you know if once the incoming starts you could probably get away with doing a plug and 
a troll day, uh, like what we do in the fall. We do that with wobblers, you know, or we'll sit on the anchor in the deep water and then we fish it all the way until that water stops moving those wobblers. And then we'll just, Oh, it's time to go pro troll or it's time to go troll some spinners, you know? And uh, the, the same thing is pretty prevalent in the spring. Now you gotta remember too on the, in, 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 in our neck of the woods for Portland, the tidal influence goes all the way up to Willamette Falls on the Willamette. Yeah, it's crazy. And there is a good tidal push up at Bonneville. It mm-hmm. does exist. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. Wow. Um, so all of that t- goes into effect when you're out there chasing these fish. You know, and I know one of the other things that Dwayne and I have talked about, and he's kind of made me privy to over the years as I've learned about springer fishing, is water temperature. And can you talk oh, about, yeah. you know water temperature progression and how that affects Mm -hmm. the fish and what do you consider to be you know like i can tell you tuna i can tell you um you know what we've been seeing what's an ideal water temperature right and we watch that warm water migration as it comes up the coast we look at sst's so with springer fishing you know talk about how that affects the fish and their reaction and how how um into the bite they are and then also totally and then also, you know, second part of that, that water temperature, if you could also talk about what does that do to your bait? You know, we brine our baits, make them firm, set the scales, bring the shine, keep the shine. Yep. Does that cold water yep. really help your bait last longer? Um, how does yep. that work? So check it out. The, the, the cold water, thing, you know, when I was there a couple of years ago, I think we talked about cold water matrix, right? And yeah. the, 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 the refusion of temperatures between the, you know, 50 is that secret number or 52 is what everybody says you know i'm gonna go from switch over from herring uh to to hardware at that 50 to 52 range yeah um but you know the deal with the bait is and this is for a lot of us now uh, there's also another whole another segment where people believe in scent 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 well in the cold water that's really not what we're going for, like what we would in the fall with a seven degree or 68 degree, you know, water temperature where scale loss on our herring happens ultra quick. Yeah. And they get all warm and they get all blown out and the meat kind of just falls apart. And that's why you're brining your bait. But in, 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 the, in the spring, we've got this 39 degree water that we're starting to fish in. And it's progressing slowly up to like 41, 42. It's at 44 right now, which is really good. Mm-hmm. 44 is my absolute all favorite number of, of, of degree water. I want it to stay 44 forever because the, the, the springers love that water. Um, when the water actually gets a little too warm into that 50 or 55 matrix, they actually shut down a little bit. Huh. And I don't, I don't, pref- I don't prefer that sometimes. Yeah. And they, these, that's why we call these, spring chinook especially the columbia stock they're a cold water chinook these cold water chinook are so like temperature based because they have a ton like double the amount of body fat that fall chinook has right and that body fat is what you know they're able to survive all the way until they're not spawning on the upper columbia stretches and the snake river they don't do anything until July, August, September. It's just crazy. And by then, we're all back down on a whole another run of fish in the lower river. So when you are looking at brining your bait, uh, it, we're not doing it for like a scent per se. We're doing it to, to, to really, especially in the fall, to keep those scales on right. the bait. The mm. scales do everything to attract the salmon. They, they want to see the flash. They want to see the flash. They want to see the flash. Now they can smell really good and they do kind of like, you know, in the fall, like on a wobbler, I'll say that again. They like garlic. They like tuna. They like, you know, whatever it is. But in the spring, it's just not like that. The, The cold water doesn't really allow for that, that scent to really be effective. It's the flash. It's all about the flash. And that's why you'll see, you know, you'll see flashers work they work for a reason and they work differently in the spring than they do in the fall and that's you know i mean look at pro trolls pro trolls have absolutely changed the uh, warmer water fishery it's just crazy yeah let's talk about let's let's talk about that good segue uh let's break it down um there's there's folks that 
have been fishing it for years, can always use a little bit of insightful tips, little tricks that uh, Bill Monroe does. Um, and for the newbies, let's kind of just do the rigging. So let's talk triangle flasher and color. I kind of know your favorites, right. but let's break that down for folks. You know, you so, know, I like that red, right? Yeah, I do. And, red and, is dead. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and for there's a lot of folks that tend to get a little confused on um, when we start talking length of bumper, length of dropper, and uh, length of leader. How much leader, you know, length and size of hook yep. should I be running yep. behind that rotating flasher? And, and I can't remember. No, there's a, there's a color. There's a name for the color, but it just evades me right now. Maybe maybe Bill can help us out with that. Oh, with the, his particular yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? Oh, well, dude, it's totally the BMK. I mean, yeah, that's the BMK. <laughs> might be the BMK. Crazy no. That might be, uh, yeah. we might be showing that right now. It could be the BMK. Well, let's talk about that's that rigging stuff. One. Lengths of bumper, dropper, and, and weight, you know, and, and some, some things people yep. need to drill down on these technical little tips that yep, help them yep. be successful. So let's look at our dropper first. Now, dropper with a dropper with a triangle is is a completely different matrix than what you're looking at, like a dropper with a pro troll. Right. So we've got two different links to talk about. Now, I use a dropper on a pro troll only if I'm fishing in well for me, Tullamook Bay, because I'm fishing in four or six feet of water with you know four ounces or three ounces of lead and a thirty inch dropper with a pro troll that works. Yeah, that believe it or not, that works. But when we go to spring chinook fishing, we change the whole game. We're looking at like 16 inch droppers, 18 inch bumpers uh, above your pro troll, or I mean, sorry, above your triangle flasher, mm -hmm. and then your leader down from the triangle flasher is it is a little bit longer than a pro troll. You know, we're looking at anywhere from 48 to 54 inches to just kind of get that bait away from that flasher a right. little bit to, and that's what keeps the fish's attention what they do is they see the triangle flasher and then they're attracted to it but it's a little scary but it's big and then all of a sudden there's something behind it and once you've got their attention from the flasher they're a little bit more willing to, to, to snap it that little thing that's going to be pushed back away from your your your, uh, your flasher and that's like 48 inches you know that's my number 48 inches it just it's that nice little spread sure. now with a pro troll I mean you're only talking 20 inches yeah lots you know, of width, maybe right? 24 inches yeah and yeah. they're going to see this ginormous rotating thing but that little thing that's real close to that ginormous rotating thing is going to be sitting here waving back and forth and back and forth really fast and that's uh, that's what gets their attention yeah. they love it yeah. You know, the thing yeah, that so I really like shorter droppers with triangles, longer droppers with pearl trolls. Mm -hmm. I like myself that 16 inch number works really, really well. Right down in the mud, right down close to the bottom. I want it, I call it plant and corn. That is my absolute. <laughs> plant and corn, I can get in line with that. Corn fat is all over it now. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Bill, yeah, that is that is where the fish are going to be. They don't do what fall fish do. Right, fall fish like to come up and get all over the place. You know, they're they're kind of they're really aggressive. Right. Well, springers are cold. They're hanging out. They're wanting to hug the bottom to expend as little as energy as possible because they're full of fat. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Gotcha. You know, Bill, yeah. you need to, you need to let me talk every once in a while because um, <laughs> I got another I question know. for you. Uh, <laughs> I love questions. There you know, but is. this is why. So this is like one of the reasons right here why I love talking to you because you have thought about every single detail, right? And I love. It doesn't matter what fishery it is. I love getting into all the technical details, and there's a reason for everything. Yeah. And it's the difference it between really there's a difference between catching and not catching, right? Is those details so. I mean, I, I love to just listen. Um, I got another question for you, though, and it's, it's, with, it's another detail, and it's with regards to troll speed. Um, so there's, there's a lot of variables just in the troll itself, right? Are you trolling with the current, against the current, across the current? What kind of line angle do you have, and do you zigzag? So do you ever try to, you know, speed up one side, say, you know, speed up the starboard side by taking a, a left-handed turn, right? Is there any you of that? Can, that's, that's like a saltwater that, tactic. And then that's, can, pretty, that's pretty prevalent in saltwater. I was just going to go yep. there. In the, you know, making and those coconut. turns with, with action in the, in, the, in the salt really helps. Right. 
You know, you've got one presentation that speeds up, one presentation that slows down. Right. And when you make that turn, it's it's going to be those two different variables. And sometimes you put it right in front of their face if they're following you, and they're going to snap it. I like that. that mm-hmm. That's kind of a big deal. But here, I like to troll with the current, and then I like to slowly troll uphill against it. Um, it now, when it's a, a big tide, when it's a big tide though, and it's outgoing hard, that gets pretty darn difficult. So that's that's pretty difficult to do. My downhill speeds are about three, maybe three and a half at the most miles per hour uh, GPS speed, but my uphill trolls are like 0.7, mm. maybe maybe even 1.0 max, and you're really trying to keep that. And I, I like to use kind of a, a lighter weight. So I like to keep that lighter weight against uh, that current with a really steep long angle. You know, I'll use four or six ounces and sometimes I'll be fishing in, you know, 15, 20 foot of water, but I'll have a hundred foot out on my line counter to be able to get that um, line angle between the dropper and my flasher. I want it to plant corn, especially uphill. Because yeah. um, they're 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 coming up and they're seeing that while they're trying to swim up river, which is what most of these fish are doing. Yep. And uh, they're they're gonna really kind of either gonna be left with one of two choices: they're gonna eat it, or they're gonna be forced to kind of like uh, sit there and and really get tempted by it, but not eat it. Hey, uh, one final question: we're gonna we're gonna come up against a break here, so we gotta get going. But uh, yep. Uh, got uh, JJ's asking braid or mono and what way to line? I use, I use braid on my main, right? 65 pound main. And my mono is, uh, is, is my main presentation above and below the, the flasher. My flasher bumper is, is, is 200 pound mono. Right. I just like the, the very small flex that it gives me. But then my, my, my leader is 40 pound ultra green and that's that's my favorite all together because that does all of the work for me it yeah, it provides all of the flex that i need either if the fish is running mm-hmm. or if the fish is biting nice uh tell you what we were gonna we were gonna uh jump into a little bit of uh buoy 10 forecasting and some of the numbers coming yep, out that's... in the conversation but uh we're running a little long so here's what we're gonna do uh, I'm going to give you a couple weeks to even drill down a little more on those numbers and kind of which direction that fishery is going. I'm going to get you back on to talk specifics to how that model and that season is shaping up and what we're looking at. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, I'll be down there in a couple days, so I'll probably see you somewhere out there running around on the river. Yes, you will. Okay, he's perfect. going to ask you where. No, I know where he's fishing. And, uh, oh. You, oh, he know, He knows. And you, uh, <laughs> last time we talked, I think you told me don't you don't know where I fish, you don't, but some do, yeah. You, uh, well, and he's not hard to find. It might even say Bill Monroe uh, Outdoors on his That's boat. That's one thing about wrapping your boat that you can't yeah. get away from. You can't yeah. hide. Um, any know, seats available? I, I even pretty, changed the color. It's crazy. Yeah, you're pretty booked. Any seats available through springer season, through the 6th? You know, I've got, uh, I've got very few left. For, for spring Chinook in the Columbia. Um, and, you, you know, we only get till April 6th. Yeah, only April and 6th. And if we get an extension day or two, that's April 8th, maybe. We'll right. see how it goes. See how it goes. Um, um, but there's a Willamette season, and that Willamette season's pretty darn good. And yeah. I fished up the whole month of April. I got some stuff there all Perfect. the way through May. Awesome. Pretty well, good. www.billmonroeoutdoors.com. www.billmonroeoutdoors.com. Always a pleasure, my friend. Don't be a stranger. I'll get you back on here in a couple of weeks. We'll talk some. Yep. We'll talk some numbers. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Copy that. Hey, buddy. Have a good night. See you, Ryan. You okay. Bet. Bye, yeah. guys. Yes, Mr. Detail, Tommy, as you alluded to, right? Yep. And he can just go. Oh, I go, love it. And go and go. We're running up against a break. We're gonna jump out. Uh, quick commercial. Don't go anywhere. Fantastic discussion coming up. As if that wasn't good. I mean, that was phenomenal. Yeah. Bill's always awesome. Ryan Lynn, Sportsman's Alliance. You think this uh, bear debacle? Is getting any better? Mm-hmm. This is a this has turned into a complete disaster. It is, and um, it's a mess. It kind of lays the lays the groundwork for the future, potentially of hunting and do we dare say fishing in the state of mm-hmm. Washington with our current seated commission and the commission that is to come as we get to the end of this year. Don't go anywhere. 
Sit down and hold on. Brian Lynn, Sportsman Alliance, when we come back right here, Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride right here in Bremerton, Washington. Arima Boats offers all of our boats with Honda outboard packages so that you can take full advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. With literally thousands of Arima Boats on the water throughout the Pacific Northwest, Arima Boats are a proven hull design that offers incredible fuel economy and all of the amenities that a serious angler is looking for. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why we back our boats with a lifetime warranty. All of our Arima boats are designed to maximize deck space while also providing ample seating. Contact us today at Arima Boats for all your boating needs and let us help you get out on the water. Today, the need for quality private security services is at an all-time high. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Phoenix client management models are built on understanding our clients' security needs and responding with a tailored program that is best fit for them. Phoenix provides excellent customer service through well-trained, highly motivated security professionals. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. Currently, we are comprised of 70% prior law enforcement and military veterans. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. Welcome back in studio here to Wayne England, Tommy Donlin, and next in line, we just got to get right to this, Tommy. We do. There's I'm excited, way man. too much to talk about. In Our Backyard, presented by Phoenix Protective Corp. Check out everything they got going on, phoenixprotectivecorp.com. Brian Lynn, no stranger again to our studio. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to have you on again tonight, buddy. How you doing? Doing good, buddy. Just uh, watching the zags and uh, hanging out, and now I'm here. Okay, perfect. Vice President of Marketing and Communications with Sportsmen's Alliance. If it's the first time you're tuning in to hear Brian, then uh, get your notepad out and pay attention. So, Brian, as of late, and we've talked about this numerous times, Washington State Spring Bear Hunt is no longer, uh, you know, in existence. Um, doesn't go together with Washington like PB&J any longer. Um the recent five to four vote on our, what I refer to as our rebuilt commission, uh, they failed to allow us to have a spring bear hunt here in Washington for the 2022 season. And for anybody that's been paying attention, this has been going on since last November. Mm -hmm. They've uh, drawn it, they've pulled it into meetings multiple times. Once we have a full seated commission now of nine members, uh, they re, they re uh, you know, addressed this with, uh, after petitions, brought it forward once again. So there's a lot of history here. Why do you think the current commission has taken such a hard stance on this spring's bear hunt of 2022? If I'm being honest, they're just, the appointments are from Jay Inslee and they're just advancing his agenda, which is a green agenda. Uh, you know, we got to feed the orcas in South Puget Sound and we can't, you know, hunt predators. That's basically what it boils down to is the animal rights movement has an ally in Jay Inslee, they know that he stepped in and changed wolf mandates that the commission has agreed on and working groups have agreed on. He's changed those. He stepped into mountain lion stuff. It's they have an ally, and the people that he has put in the commissioner seats are advancing his agenda. Right. Basically, what it boils down to. Now, you know, what we've heard from the commission, right, is as part of their reasoning for voting down the bear hunt is, oh, the, the data is not there, right? The science isn't complete, right? They're asking for more data. Do you think that WDFW has, has really provided um, the data? And do you think that um, there's any more data that actually can be provided? And if so, what would that be? Here's the thing. When you're talking science and you're talking whatever, more data is always good. So this is like proving a negative, right? Like, yeah, 
more data is always good. You can always make better decisions with more data. But here's the bottom line is we've been managing bears like this for decades, and so have all the other states in the freaking country that have bear hunts. And guess what? We still have a ton of bears. This is a proven model. So it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's just a way to kick the can down the road and give them a legitimate stance to stand on. And then they don't have to answer for it. They can say, you know, I mean, I've looked into possibly filing a lawsuit against this, but they have a, you know, they're, they're not saying that they're not providing our recreational opportunities. They're saying we just need more data to make up our mind. Yeah. More data is always good, but this is a proven model that works. Right. Right. So obviously this was one of the first major decisions needed to be addressed and handed down by the, the updated commission. Um, and this, this was truly going to kind of show their hand as we move forward here. Tommy and I talked about this numerous times, like, hey, we got these new commissioners on. We have one of them that's kind of an ally in hunting, says he's uh, an avid yeah. hunter and fisherman, right? So I'll be very curious to see where this lands. We had four solid votes of support previously and with the new commissioners coming on board, it was going to be a 5-4 split. It's just a matter of which way that fifth vote was going to go. Now they've shown where this 5-4 split lies. Yep. Do you fear this kind of shows their hand in some of the, the future issues that may be addressed with this commission moving forward? Uh, as it relates Without to a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Everybody had to put their cards on the table right here. Like right. this was like we got to the fifth card playing five-card stud, and everybody had to put their cards down. Right here from the get-go, we know when it comes to predator management in the future, this is how it's most likely going to go. Lemkul is going to f- side with the other side. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they, if that one was disappointing. Best, it's, gonna it, go. yeah. it's extremely disappointing and concerning because, you know, they like to sell that when they brought those three on board to say, well, at least, you know, Lemkul is, uh, he's an avid outdoorsman, Tommy. He's a, right. He hunts, he fishes. We feel like we have a bit of an ally there, but now it's really, it's in question to where he's going to continue to uh, tote the line or not. Yeah. I, I had my questions about him from the very beginning and he just showed the question, you know, showed his hand to be, to begin with. So we know where this is going to fall yeah. and it's not going to stop here. This is just the first domino, right? They're going to back off, uh, back off bear season now. And they're going to one start focusing on the mandate and changing the interpretation of the mandate that was in air quotes you couldn't see it but changing the interpretation of the mandate if not this is washington some legislator could pick up to change the rcw on on what the of what the mandate is and that is providing hunting opportunities as part of that mandate they could delete that and this has been something that's been brewing and stewing within the commission for over a year now so you're going to have the the mandate attacked and then you're going to see them shift to other predator management things, right. most likely yeah. mountain lions, which yeah. has also been brewing for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see this mm-hmm. start shifting, and then in a couple of years, they'll come back to bears, or maybe even sooner, talking about the spring bear hunt in general. Yeah, this is it, just the beginning. It is, it is just the beginning. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious that this commission is anti-hunting, and they don't care to manage a single predator. And, and just to recap some of the things that they've that the words that have come out of their mouth, what, what blows my mind is that they're not even trying to hide it. No. OK, they're not even trying to hide it. Literally, when we talked about the Blues Elk crisis, some of the words out of their mouth was, oh, well, the elk objective doesn't have to be so high. Yeah, we'll just lower it. We'll just lower it. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you don't Science, have to baby. Science. You don't you don't have to offer so many permits, right? And yep. you know, as we know, there's a huge predator problem down there. Mm-hmm. Over 70% yeah. of those calves are killed by mountain lions, right? We've yep. got a predator management problem that is going to go unchecked. And now we're unchecking the black bear as well. What kind yep. of signal do you think this sends to the other states oh it's just you know if you can get your commission to where washington is you can do whatever you want and that's what it's telling the humane society of the united states and they're the ones behind most of this they have a 200 million dollar budget that they can work on this stuff and that's why we work so hard at the sportsman's alliance in vermont new hampshire michigan uh even kentucky although that goes the other way but to lower standards. We have no standards here in Washington. 
Right. Anybody that Jay Inslee wants to appoint, he can appoint. Lorna Smith, in her confirmation hearings, Point Blake said she doesn't have a, a hunting license or fishing license and hasn't had, yeah. held one. Never has. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the standards in other states. You have to have a license right. X number of years out of so many years, like five out of 10 years right. or within the last five years. You know, and that's why it's so vitally important to protect standards like this so the rest of the states don't end up in this. But what it tells everybody else is, look, it works. It works. Right. We and, get people on the game commission. We yeah. can create uh, diverse, you know, views. We can muddle the science. We can ask for more science, which is never a bad thing, but it doesn't mean you can't go forward with it. It's a stall and So it's a blueprint for everybody else to move forward and how they will move forward in other states. Right. Yeah, and they have just a, a complete lack of knowledge on the actual wildlife themselves. One of the commission, one of the new appointees said, um, yeah, I didn't realize there was any spring hunting. At all. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Didn't even know. Yeah. 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 What yeah. was I tell you? You know, uh, you mentioned Lorna Smith, which uh, reminds me that some of her verbiage and things that she was stating in this recent meeting actually came across as almost somewhat scripted. Like there's a there's an agenda out there and it's it's um, you know, and it's not the first time <clears throat> organized groups will infiltrate multiple uh, areas, multiple states and say here. Make sure you get this verbiage into the meeting. Make sure you make this statement. Make sure they understand what platform we're standing on. Yep. It's almost like there's a multi-state front happening here. Are you guys seeing that from your position in Sportsman Alliance? Absolutely. Washington, California, Colorado, Arizona, mm-hmm. all at the exact same time, all leveraging different mechanisms. You have a legislature. You have a uh, open comment period. You have a petition, and you have the game commission. So it's like they are going at it from every angle they can, and they're hitting the West, trying to establish a foothold, and then they'll keep moving it state to state, and then they'll move it to the eastwards. So it's like it is absolutely a coordinated attack, and it's just it's unbelievable, you know. And so that's why we have to just fight back every way we can. Um, another concerning happening that I don't know if a lot of folks even picked up on. Recently, there was a vote amongst the commission to uh, propel or put Barbara Baker in as chair. Now, she is one of three, Tommy, that are coming mm-hmm. up for the end of her term uh, this December in 2022. Brian, do you think there's, uh, you know, people need to be paying attention to what's going on here? Because I do the math and I go, well, we have three current seated commissioners that would be coming up at the end of this year. Barbara Baker, um, uh, yeah, McIsaac and Kim Thorburn. Now, uh, with Barbara being put in as the chair, I'm pretty sure Governor Inslee is going to reappoint her to another six-year term. Uh, That leaves McIsaac and Thorburn out because they didn't tote the line on this whole agenda, this anti-hunting agenda. I'm pretty sure he's not going to reappoint, which, as Tommy and I were talking before the show, gives Mm -hmm. us great concern that he will go out and seek additional folks that that fall in line with the like-minded. He's appointed five in the last two years now that all cut cut from the same cloth. And they all have the same ideals as they uh, now sit on our commission. You stack two more in there with those same ideals. We are at a commission that is seven to two. We would have two uh, advocates that would be pro hunting and fishing and trying their hardest to support what it is we have a right to do in this state. And we would have seven potentially that are completely against the green. Yeah. When, when it, it's ugly right now, but it's four, four with a swing vote and Lemkul showed his cards. Right. Yeah. So at the end of this year, we lose two pro people and a con gets, gets reappointed. Right. Yeah. Yep. So now, yeah. I mean, boys and girls, it's just, these are the dark days right now. It's the dark days of habitat wildlife management in Washington. Until Inslee is out of office, it's going to continue, and we're going to go keep going down this road. Mm-hmm. And the, the kicker is, and the bad thing is, there's not a lot of recourse. There right. isn't a legal recourse. Right. This is his prerogative. It is granted to him in these powers. Mm-hmm. The Senate has to confirm them, but they're lackadaisical in doing so. And it doesn't even really matter because this Senate and everybody else in this state is 
it is not friendly for us. So until Inslee's out of here, you just look for more of this. It's going to continue and it's going to get worse Mm -hmm. and they're going to expand power and try to take more, change verbiage in the mandate, change verbiage in the RCWs so that it is harder and harder to manage predators and manage wildlife. So that, that brings us to the final question, Brian. What can we do and what can the Sportsman's Alliance do to help secure uh, the future of hunting in Washington State? We, we just, I mean, it, 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 Washington is tough, right? Like we're in this transition and we're, it's getting worse. We got to be vocal and loud and do our best to vote out the people who aren't representing us properly, which is tough, on, especially on that west side where the sportsman's voice is mitigated by by the larger population you know so it's a matter of getting them out and working towards it and getting people in there that understand this stuff and that will or at least will listen to us well one thing they're not even listening yeah one thing's for certain Uh, i talked to a lot of folks or tommy and i cross paths a lot of folks that say well you know, I fish and hunt because I try to steer clear of politics. I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to listen to no. it. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you right now, the uh, the one-party rule in this state is trying to take away a lot of our passions. And hunting and fishing is at the top of the list on some of these issues. And um, it's not going to get any better unless we get advocates. Maybe we pull some of those that are currently seated in and, you know, get them, uh, get them on our side to help us fight for some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But until we do... We are on a uh, thin wire here, and it's not it's not getting any bigger. So it's it's yeah. I mean, it'd be nice not to be involved in politics, but everything's politics these yeah. days. Unfortunately, and it is. Mm-hmm. You got to get off the you, you're off the bench, man. You're like you're in the game. You're either in the game or you're not. Yeah. You're in the stands. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah. are you part of the conservation movement, which believes in hunting and fishing and the wildlife management model that we use? Or are you right. part of preservation? where it's hands off, mm-hmm. humans aren't involved, right. hunters aren't involved. Right. It's preservation versus conservation, conservation. which is what mm-hmm. this boils down to. Absolutely. Mm. Well, uh, always appreciate you taking time with us, buddy. You uh, always step up to the plate, have some great insight for us. Um, I know I can call on you as this stuff continues to brew because I'm sure we'll have more conversations down the road. be nice if they were positive and favorable, but I think we're going to be grinding it out here for a bit. So, Yeah, um, yeah. Keep doing what you do, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks for jumping on. Take care, guys. Bye. Ryan Lynn Sportsman's Alliance. If you haven't checked out everything that they're doing, not just here in Washington, but across the nation, Tommy, Mm -hmm. it's a great organization to be involved with and pay attention because they are putting it out there weekly, monthly. Um, Lots of uh, lots of insightful things you can get online and read. Good things going on in other states, as he's mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a multi-state agenda that we're up against this isn't just a little hole up here in the northwest this is this is bigger than you guys even imagine and uh, mm-hmm. you think the humane society uh, humane society is all about just you know giving away free puppies and kittens no you need to do some research right you need to do some research so uh okay without that we will jump out for a quick break we come back we got a number of reports and opportunities to go over tommy we do yeah a lot of good things happening we do still have things to go do they haven't taken everything away from us so um, don't be too disparaged. We're going to jump out for a quick couple minute break. We come back. Uh, reports and opportunities right here at Fish on Northwest. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the Bait Lab the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.